Never again. Easy on the wallet, but is it worth your time? We experience a different kind of horror than we anticipated in order to find out here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome, absolutely, everyone, to Broke and Gaming. I am your spooky host, Shay. I'm your other host, Dan. And uh, happy Halloween, everyone who celebrates. Happy Samhain to people who celebrate that as well. Last year, we didn't do like an an honest-to-goodness Halloween episode, so we're going to lean into it a little bit more this year, I guess. But we'll start off with the question we always ask ourselves, which is, hey, Shay, what have you been playing recently? So I've been playing... So we have a, a... RPG coming up for the podcast. Um, so I've been playing that and it really got my RPG itch going. So I started yeah. another one. Uh, it's called Trials of Mana. And there are some things that I hate about that game, but otherwise it's been it's been pretty fun. Otherwise it's uh it's been Skyrim. So I realized that as many times as I've played Skyrim. I have never played the Daedric quest for Kinnereth, I think? Or no, Pyrite? I don't know. There's one of them where like you have to bring ingredients to a mountaintop. And I realized playing it today that I have never played that quest before. So that was a fun experience that I got to enjoy for the first time in the fucking 10 years. There's just so much in that game. Like I couldn't imagine doing everything. Right. Like, there's so many side quests. And there are some that, like, require multiple playthroughs because if you do one, you want to have access to the others and right. so on and so on. Yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. that's understandable. What Was it fun? It was. And and it was, like, for the quest, you basically have to, like, do uh, one of the Dwemer dungeons, which are notorious for being fucking huge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and generally unenjoyable, I would say. The Dwemer ruins are not a highlight of skyrim for me but they put a bunch of like new assets in this particular dungeon so it was like not exactly the same as just walking through a regular ruin so it was it was pretty cool but yeah how about you dan so i finally uh because you rightfully ridiculed me about it got an external hard drive for my ps4 So good for you. <laughs> uh, in in true broke boy fashion, I only ever really had the base hard drive that is internal in my mm-hmm. PlayStation. So every time I would I would download something, <laughs> I'd have to clear space. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna get a four terabyte hard drive. And so I ordered one <laughs> this week. It came and I plugged it in, and it did nothing. <laughs> oh, boy, it just wasn't responding at all. And I panicked because, like, it's not like it's the most expensive thing in the world. Like, even a a relatively big hard drive now is still not a ton. So I really Mm -hmm. had no excuse for not getting one sooner. But thankfully, it was just the USB cable. Nice. And I had another one on hand. But, like, you can, like, my partner kit watched me run around, like, just (laughs) uh, freaking out for a while. Yeah, dude, I can can imagine. Well, I ordered it from... (laughs) amazon just because it was the the path of least resistance it said it was it, it was like a damaged box so i'm like I, i'll roll the dice on that that's not a big deal like i don't really care about cosmetics on the packaging right like everything was still in the plastic like it was fine 
my assumption is that somebody returned this with a damaged like they they ordered a new one after they damaged their own usb cable swapped it out and then returned it and just like did a did an exchange and then that is the one that ended up with me but because we had a different hard drive with a, a compatible cable i was able to do that so i downloaded so much stuff <laughs> similarly i'm over here with fucking four assassin's creed games on my hard drive just sitting there just hanging out <laughs> yeah well so i i downloaded fallout 76 which is i I'm, i haven't started it yet but it's fucking almost 80 gigs alone yeah like i would have had to clear most of my hard drive in order to play this fucking thing the way i was Dude. doing it but spider-man is like 107 gigs it's it's massive yeah massive well i mean i guess they have like a perfectly matched perfectly mapped new york city so yep, yep. that makes sense but like still though for but sure yeah, these games are fucking huge they're so big but so i'm on a similar kick as you because of the the game we're going to be covering so uh i decided i was going to hang out with our old friend kellen quinn some more <laughs> i downloaded <laughs> final fantasy 15 that game is fun I really haven't done as much as I would have liked because I got sucked into another game that was on PS Plus Extra, which is Steep. And, like, I've never been a winter sports person. I've never been much of a sports simulator type of person, but, like, the Steep games are really fun. The controls are super tight. It's gorgeous. Like, I have an HDR television, and, like, the the visuals on this thing are so, so, so clean and beautiful. Like, it's just the Swiss Alps. You're just hanging out in the Swiss Alps, and it's gorgeous. And Kit used to be a ski instructor, so she was, like, giving me actual tips as though I was <laughs> genuinely skiing or snowboarding. I'm like, I'm fairly certain if I was on a mountain right now, holding the left stick wasn't going to do shit. So <laughs> I do appreciate it, and I, I'm happy that you're sharing interests, but I'm just going to fall down this hill as much as possible. <laughs> As one should. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I What else have I played? I played um, a bunch of stuff this week. I've, I've been, like, dipping my toe in the waters of all the stuff I've downloaded. And then going, mm-hmm. all right, that's cool. That looks neat. I'm going to move on. So nothing, <laughs> I haven't really <laughs> had the time even really to play too much. Just because Halloween season is super busy for people in my industry. So, yeah. And I still have a, another whole week left of shows that I got to get through. And then. I'll be able to sink my teeth into something for real. Probably Final Fantasy 15. But since it is Halloween, before we get to our game today, I want to talk about just real quick. Like, I've mentioned previously that I'm not great with horror games, mm-hmm. but I do like them. Like, you had briefly streamed uh, The Evil Within. And I yes. remember. <laughs> <laughs> briefly being the key word there. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to. Because I, I played that game as well. I didn't make it terribly far either. And I'm, mm-hmm. I I want to, like, what what is your big Achilles heel when it comes to horror games? Because I'm in video games just because it's interactive and, like, you have more control over it. I'm so not good with jump scares. Mm-hmm. Like, there are certain franchises that build their whole horror aspect around that. And I, I won't play them because of it. Yeah. Like, what about you? I think that horror games especially like the kind of survival ones are very indicative of how poorly I would do in like a slasher movie. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Because like 
the problem for me is that like horror movies no problem i could not give a shit about anything that happens in a horror movie because it's not happening to me yeah but when you put me in control of a person in a horror game then it is happening directly to me and that like i just get so tense and anxious and like every fucking thing scares me so yeah just the idea that um i i am in charge of a person who needs to survive is horrific to me yeah so is that is that like the flavor that fucks you up the most is the the survival horror thing yeah okay yeah I'm with you on that. Like, I, I'm fine with a zombie game for the most part. Like, oh, yeah, I think I mentioned it last game, but like uh, I've been playing Days Gone. They throw a hundred or more zombies at you at a time at certain points. And I'm good with that. Like the run right. gun, like even right. as I'm being surrounded, like I don't get freaked out by that. But like scarcity of ammo does yep. like get my adrenaline going a lot. And anything dealing with like real psychological stuff fucks me up sometimes yeah depending on how it's presented most of the time with like eldritch stuff not so much but if you're really like talking about the actual human condition and stuff like that that gets to me more than most things yeah you actually brought up a good point there i want to touch on real quick is like those kind of like run and gun like zombie killing games like where you have just a big ass gun and you got tons of ammo and you're just unloading it into crowds or you know not even crowds but whatever but that shit is fine you know what i mean it's when you when the game is like tense instead of scary is when it gets to me you know what i mean yeah where you build all this anticipation and you have like a lighter and that's all you've got you know when you have to like yeah run for your life that is terrifying to me amnesia i could not possibly play amnesia yeah because that that is all it is. Outlast is kind of the same way, where that's the one where I don't think you really have any defense against anything, but you're like viewing everything through the night vision on a camcorder. Oh Jesus! Yeah, no fucking way, dude. I, <laughs> no, thanks. I could not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think the more realistic something is, the worse I'm gonna do with it. Like anything yeah. that is supernatural for the most part, I don't think I'm as affected by as much because I'm naturally a skeptic when it comes to those things anyway. Sure. So it the the more I can put myself in the shoes of whoever I'm playing as, the the worse it's going to be for me, I think. Yeah. Now that I'm really, really analyzing it. Do you have a uh, top horror game all time, Dan? The one that, I mean, I know I said the Eldritch stuff doesn't bother me that much, but like sanity's Call requiem Cthulhu. no yeah it. right <laughs> uh sanity's requiem is the one that i think fucked me up the most overall because the game goes out of its way to fuck with you uh-huh. as your character's sanity meter drops sure there's a sequence where if your your sanity is is poor enough it opens the menu goes to your save file and deletes it on screen in front of you oh my god yeah and then the screen flashes white, like you lose control of it. It's it's similar to what's up, Kelsey? The Psycho Mantis battle in the first Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> but then the screen just flashes white, and you're exactly where you were, and it's fine. Like yeah. it messes with you, the player, as opposed to your character, which is exactly what I'm kind of talking about. Where it's like, I don't even have to put myself in the shoes of somebody. You're actively fucking with me now. Right. Like for innovation, that's probably my top. 
Yeah. What about you? I don't know. I don't. I haven't really. I don't really play horror games that much. I would say that the easiest one for me to play is probably Resident Evil Village. Yeah, because there's a camp factor that like kind of erases the horror for me in a way, in a weird way. Right. Well, they have like a good balance of like making you stressed out in the like, you know, how like village is like four big areas where you are like taking on the bosses and then like kind of like a home base the rest of the way. Mm hmm. So, like, it's really tense, like, in those boss areas, but then, like, outside of that, it's kind of chill. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. Like Right. So, like, it gives you time to, like, both recover in the game and recover, like, mentally and physically outside of the game. So, that's my favorite one to play. I would say The Evil Within is probably, like, the scariest one that I've played. But again, I don't... (laughs) I know myself and generally steer clear of those kinds of games i mean that one is is designed to that that's more anxiety like to your point i feel like you're constantly being chased by stuff that you have no chance of of taking down with what they give you so like yeah that fuck that shit yeah all right well no clever transitions or anything we're gonna get right into our game (laughs) this week and it is a horror game and we will start as we always start with our short change history. Today we're talking about Never Again, which is a 2017 first-person puzzle horror game developed and released by St. Petersburg, Russia-based Primary Games with console support from Red Black Spade. Never Again is the first and currently only game from Primary, and Red Black Studios, although listed as a publishing company, is just one dude named Slava Grease who specializes in helping indie developers port their games to the Nintendo Switch. Never Again is available for PC and, as mentioned, Nintendo Switch. So this is one of the shorter short changes we've done because there is precious (laughs) little information about primary games. In fact, they don't even have a website. They only have a Twitter account. And then on that Twitter account, the only link is for the Steam page for this game. Nice. Yeah, they haven't updated in uh, almost two years. And at that point, they were only really posting sales. Like, they were doing their own cheap codes whenever this game would go on sale on the Steam page. Yeah. And it's been kind of radio (laughs) silence ever since. So Sounds like maybe the the Switch port did not go as well as they had (laughs) hoped. Yeah, and we'll get into that for sure. But first, uh, do you want to tell us what this game is actually about, Shay? Sure. In Never Again, you play as Sasha Anders, a 13-year-old girl who wakes up from a nightmare and is subsequently in a nightmare she needs to find a way to get out of her house and she initially says it's to find her friend emma who went missing in the woods but that kind of isn't true or is more of a slant truth than anything else yeah so yeah as you navigate through your house of horrors with your trusty flashlight and your diary uh you look for your brother and your parents as you uncover the trauma that has sent sasha into this nightmare yeah i think that's uh that is the most sophisticated way to possibly cover all of that very well done yeah i was i was gonna say like literally saying any more words about the story would be giving away too much but yeah do we want to keep this pretty spoiler free okay so like the game's not very long, so like it is 
very hard to talk about it without giving away the ending. Yeah, uh, which we just experienced about <laughs> 10 minutes before <laughs> we started recording. Yeah. It changed a whole bunch of stuff about how we were going to present this episode. <laughs> so the bulk of this game is a a pretty straightforward horror experience like there are a million games out there that are like this where like you're running from some sort of monster or you're dealing with something haunted or or so on so on generally with like puzzle aspects like amnesia it's it's an amnesia type game Mm -hmm. the difference being for this one is in the last what seven minutes of the game oh yeah (laughs) you find out that this entire time sasha has been in a German concentration camp. And it it's weird that I never made the connection of what this title is to what the end result is. Like I'm I'm mad at myself for that. But when we were talking about this before we started recording, like it feels so disconnected that I don't know how as you're playing this you would have drawn that conclusion. Like yeah. it almost feels like you're playing two different games then. Yeah. I don't know. I mean the ending definitely affected me and I just didn't know it. Like I had theories about what I thought this was that I'm absolutely not going to discuss now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like equally dark, but in way different ways. And I just don't want to talk about that kind of stuff anyway. Like I was worried like how to present this in the way that I thought this was going to go. And now a whole different boat. Yeah. How far did you get in the game itself? Like playing it? on your own oh shit uh i made it to the caves okay but i was not very far into the caves when they wanted you to go back across that bridge the first time yeah like it just takes too long to walk across the bridge and so like i fucking called it there that's i think that's fair okay (laughs) so yeah i didn't make it much further than you okay so shortly after that sequence which like i'm (sighs) Now I'm I'm hyper analyzing certain things and trying to figure out like why some of the the visual cues were what they were because after you uh-huh. get done with the bridge section like there's just a big chasm underneath you which is uh-huh. what's causing one of the asthma attacks that you deal with throughout the game as she crosses it for the final time a plane falls from the sky and through the bridge and into the chasm and like I I can't for the life of me figure out what the exact metaphor is there like yes now we know we're dealing with a time of war but like like it was just a plane there was no markings on it that i could tell that would have like hinted at what was actually going on and the sequence directly following that is you open a door and then you're met with like this essentially golem made of doll parts (laughs) yeah so this is kind of what we're talking about when we're saying this this feels like two different experiences entirely like what what the gameplay aspect of it is and what I guess they're trying to present as an underlying message. I mean, it, the dolls could just be like the gross amounts of human experimentation that were going on in those camps. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, fuck. Our fun and fancy free podcast that you've come to know and love. Happy we Halloween, talking, everybody. <laughs> talking uh, about some truly gruesome things today. Yeah, and we're, we're going to keep this pretty brief, too, because... I know where certain things are going to land on my my scale, my rating scale, but like, I don't know. I do want to get into pros and cons here because neither one of us played this for for terribly long. 
and I think we yeah. we have different reasons for that. Uh, so what what do you have for pros and cons? Soundtrack on this game is great, beautiful. Yeah, it kind of feels like a lot of their money for this game went to the soundtrack. Whoever they got to do the soundtrack did an incredible job, and and not just like the scary parts that are supposed to you know like that kind of atmospheric music, but just like there's like a a phonograph that goes off in one of the rooms while you're exploring the house and just the music that's playing there. It's like cheerful and fun and also creepy at the same time. And then like just the, just the soundscape in general in this game was really, really good. Yeah. So much so that they do sell the, the soundtrack for this separately through steam. Like you can just buy that. That's cool. All the compositions were done by a single person. Boy, I don't know how to pronounce this last name, <laughs> <laughs> but good on them. They did a great job. It's it's beautiful and haunting, and yeah, definitely a big pro for me as well. Yeah. I felt that the game, it didn't look great, but it also didn't look horrible. It looks roughly 10 to 15 years older than it actually is. Yeah. Like the textures are bad. The yeah. character models <laughs> yeah. are bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long it took them to develop this, but in the same way that you have issues with pixel stuff, uh-huh. I have issues with bad 3D rendering. Yeah. And it's it's a much harder art, and I, I understand that. Like, to realistically 3D render something is much, much, much more difficult than put, putting together pixel stuff, which is why I think a lot of people choose that path. Yeah, I mean, look at Madden. They've been trying to figure out how to make fingers look realistic for 30 years. <laughs> right (laughs) and that's when they're staying connected to the hands and not bending like (laughs) weirdly backwards but like there's something much more jarring to me about like a 3d face that's rendered poorly than a pixel sprite you know what i mean like it just looks worse to me i guess it's one of those like if you don't know how to do it don't do it and this isn't uh, like i'm making this out to be worse than it is like it's not awful. It's just right. not good compared yeah. to other stuff that came out in that same time period. I don't even know if I would call that a con necessarily. It's just fine at best. Like yeah. there there are some objects that are rendered really well, but other than that, like it's it's eh. Yeah. Before I get into my cons, do you have any uh do you have any more pros? I like the inclusion of the asthma stuff. That that's strangely a pro that i didn't think was going to be a pro when i first started playing this so when you first wake up the very first thing you have to do is find your inhaler and that's represented on the screen as like these almost lightning bolts coming in toward the center like Mm -hmm. from the edges and in a lot of games that are based on hp lovecraft stuff like they'll have the mechanic of sanity and this is kind of a thing in place of that Mm -hmm. where it it affects the visual kind of like it would be to have an actual panic attack like it's it's supposed to give you the feeling of anxiety mm-hmm. and during more stressful parts of the game sasha will start experiencing an asthma attack and you can't fight against any of the things that you encounter for the most part throughout this game really the only thing that you have that's a limited supply quote unquote is these asthma cartridges i guess like vials however because yeah. it's, it's like an old-timey style because of, of when this is set it's almost like a little flask type thing yeah it's an atomizer so like you have to kind of pick and choose when you're going to use these so like it also 
creates kind of a panic in in you as a player of like i don't know how many more of these i'm going to come across should i use this now or should i try to ride it out which is like a weird decision that i've never had to make in a game before right and i kind of appreciate the inventiveness there yeah all right cons so we both played this for the nintendo switch and i don't think it was not it should have been on the nintendo switch (laughs) there are certain things that you have to do that the controls on a switch just kind of don't allow for as well as if you were playing with a mouse and keyboard Mm -hmm. and to be fair red black spade is one dude i don't know what his actual like processes or his involvement but like if he's the dude solely responsible for bringing this game to the nintendo switch like it it kind of makes it out to seem Mm -hmm. good job maybe have additional help or just don't like this i don't think needed to have a port i think i would have been able to get through much more of this if i did play it on a laptop not that i have a mouse still (laughs) (laughs) i mean i could i could get like there's one in the i just don't use it But that, yeah, I, there are certain things about these controls that I absolutely can't stand. And I've, this is the first time I've played a first person game on the Nintendo Switch. Like I have the, the Switch Lite. So it's a, it's a smaller screen. The controls are, are hardwired to it. Like they don't slide off like Joy-Cons. Like it's like playing a, a Game Gear. Oh, by the way, I got mm-hmm. to fuck around with a, a Steam Deck for the first time this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, complete side note. <laughs> Apologies, but a friend of mine brought it to game night, and uh, that thing fucking rules. The battery life is terrible. It's like a, <laughs> what were they called? A Sega Nomad, where it just like, it, it's maybe two or three hours worth of, of gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what you're running. Like, Sure. He was running the uh, the Halo Remastered collection, like the Master Chief mm. collection. Yeah, the visuals on that are bonkers crisp. Yeah, it's uh, a good two, three hours, maybe. But that thing fucking rules. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to buy one. But this should have been a PC game, should have stayed a PC game. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What about you? Yeah, folks, I don't think I need to tell you where we are. It's Shay's Corner Corner. Hey, yo. Yeah, the physics in this game are like abusive towards really really you know what i mean like they're they just they're they are terrible and i don't i guess i'll leave it at that uh i think that's all that needs to be said about it but the fucking physics in this game are atrocious anytime you get chased it's so much more apparent oh my god in the puzzle sequence with that doll golem thing yeah like it's it's these cave corridors that you're one trying to like avoid the gaze of the the golem because it'll just chase you down slap you and continue on while trying to do puzzles while trying to like reassemble cables like it's it's so many it's a hat on a hat on a hat plus yeah. the fact that you're like dealing with that corner aspect it's so stressful yeah it's just not good i do have a, a bit of a half pro now that i'm okay. thinking about it the way they handle getting knocked out in this game is is unlike anything i've experienced so if something happens to sasha during the exploration or trying to escape the house or whatever you just kind of wake up in a tower or lighthouse or something like that and then you just run down a spiral staircase uh the first time you do it there's like a like a mini cutscene that triggers with 
Emma, the person that she's trying to find this whole time. And then you just walk through a door and you're back to kind of like a checkpoint around where you had passed out. That's just not something I've dealt with before. Like where it's, I think they do it in one of the, the recent like military shooter things where it's like you, you get put into a separate place. You have to get through that place and then you're back into the battle. It's like Mm -hmm. a weird light version of that. It's just interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know why that was the choice that they made. And it wasn't just like a game over screen. Right. And then a checkpoint. And again, like, I'm trying to figure out what we've been trying to figure out this whole time, which is like what (laughs) the metaphor is. Like, I feel like I'm missing so much and I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. Hello, listeners. This is Shay. During this portion of the podcast, I offered a theory to Dan in reference to what we had just been talking about that I deemed to be ultimately too graphic and disturbing to make it into the episode. Immediately after that theory was put out, we transitioned to the next part of our podcast, and I just wanted to explain why that sounds so rough. So here's our rating scale. Anyway, you want to put some points on this beast? Yeah. I am trying real hard to have a (laughs) a good attitude here. We got a quiz coming up. It's fine. We're just going to barrel through. Yeah. Like, fuck the smoke and mirrors of what this show is. Like, we're, we suffer. Like, this, this was a, ugh. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right, Dan. Does it work? I'm going to say, because I think this probably functioned better on PC, because the, the walkthrough that we ended up watching was definitely on PC. Mm-hmm. It seemed to run smoother. The visuals even seemed to be a little bit better, but I'm not going to say that it doesn't get a point because I don't feel like it worked great for Switch, but that was the choice that we made. So yeah. I'm going to say a half point, and that's more speculative than anything because I think this probably functions better than we experienced Yeah, based on the version we decided to play. Yeah. I'm going to say the fact that we went to Shay's Corner Corner is not a good sign for it. No. And, you know, whether or not that's exclusive to the Switch, I don't know. Watching that walkthrough, I don't think it was just a Switch-only issue where the physics are just, like, beating you to death. So I am not going to give it a point. That's fine. At all. Yeah. All right. Is it engaging? Huh. It's tough, huh? It is because... Even now, having watched the walkthrough, knowing that there's no, like, alternate endings or anything like that, like, the way this plays out is the way this plays out, and it kind of leaves me with more questions than it does answers. I think it's a half point just because, like, I'm gonna be thinking about this for a while. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. I'm, yeah, we'll go with a half. I'm also gonna give it a half. I think that the first part of the game was really interesting and thought-provoking and i think that like that jolting it into like a concentration camp at the end i think that that really really took me out of it and it wasn't it just disconnected too hard yeah you know what i mean you know like we said it's it's like it's two different games and i think the first game that we played or that we watched i guess i think that the first part is very engaging but i think the ending was too jarring so I'm going to give it a half there as well. Okay. All right. Does it look good? I feel bad giving it a zero here. Right. But I'm gonna. It's PS2 era 
3D yeah. rendering almost. Yeah. So I think it's a zero just because I, I think... I, I don't know how else you could have told this story other than doing it in 3D. They just didn't have either the technical capabilities or know-how or whatever. Like, whatever their limitations were really, really did affect the visuals on this. So yeah. I, I can't in good conscience give it a point. Yeah, I was surprised to find out that it was a 2017 game, period. Yeah. Like, it would it would not have surprised me if this game came out for the PC in, like, 2007. And oh, then the sure. Switch port was in 2017. Yeah, because they don't really remaster anything to that level where... Because, like I had mentioned with Amnesia, like, a new version came out for one of those games very recently, and they completely updated the graphics. Yeah. With indie games, they don't really get afforded that luxury. So it right. is like a direct. So I'm I'm with you. If this was 2003, like I could see it being like, all right, well this is just what it looks like. Yeah. This is 5 years ago as like yeah. right now. So I don't know, man. Like you said, I do feel bad not giving it a point here, but it does not get a point. Is there replayability? No. No. No, man. That's just a zero. I don't even want to get into it. It's just no, I would not play this again. Yeah. Uh also a zero for me. I'll listen to the soundtrack again. That's yeah, but you can buy that separate and not That's right. play, play the game again. Um, mm-hmm. is there a story? What are we gonna do here? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a half because it it has one, but like, again, it was like two different games. Like the first half of the game, you you're like, oh, what happened to my parents and Stefan and Emma and all these other questions, and then you're just like jerked into the end of the game, and it just doesn't make any sense yeah or or i I shouldn't say it doesn't make any sense it's just so different than the rest of what you've been doing you know right so i'm gonna give it a half yeah how are you feeling i think i'm with you and i don't know what could have made this better like i don't know if dropping more breadcrumbs as to what was going on would have helped matters the thing I'm, i'm i think i'm most hung up on is like in the very limited marketing of this game, nothing fucking tells you that that's what we're doing. If it was more on it on the surface of like, here's what we're doing. Because there are a lot of games that are based in this time period with this subject matter that like do it in an elegant way where you don't have to let you it's dropping this in the in the eleventh hour feels so bizarre. Yeah. Because it's not like they're trying to teach you anything. It's not like they're trying to focus on the actual horrors of humanity necessarily. Like by having all of these like jump scares and monster type things, like, yes, there's probably a metaphor that I'm not fully grasping, but the realities of of that actual world at that time are far fucking scarier. What people are, are capable of to their fellow human is like way more fucked up than a giant made out of doll parts. Yeah. And I think they could have just been like, even if it is a matter of disassociation or psychoses or something, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I want to give it a point here. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, Oh, <laughs> this doesn't feel good, but no, I'm not, I can't give it a point for story. Yeah. Because it's not clear. It's not clear enough, even by the end of it, that that's what's going on. Like, I don't feel like Sasha's actual story was told. Yeah. This feels so gross, dude. Yeah. Let's fucking wrap it up then uh, with our final question. Is it worth the cost? So, 
Never Again retails at thirteen ninety nine on both. yep on both steam and nintendo switch we got this for about two bucks i believe um when we had scouted it so it's roughly an hour's worth of gameplay like the the walkthrough and the person playing it like kind of aimlessly wandered around for a while at certain points yeah which means you could probably if you streamlined it do it in like 45 uh, I will say that there are some things that the person that we watched in the walkthrough did that you would have no way of knowing to do if you were yeah, coming in fresh. That's like bringing the teddy bear with you yep. into the cabinet. Yep. That probably saved like 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Watching, starting the playthrough at first, I, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why did you bring right. that with you? So I'm I'm going to say two literally because one seems too harsh. Right. Like, just from a gameplay aspect, if I'm not factoring any other part of this in, it's such a short experience. Realistically, like, even if I'm banging my head against the wall with certain puzzles, because none of the puzzles are difficult. It's just kind of about finding things. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, the most bare bones types of puzzles that are in every one of these, like, cheaper indie games. The pipes type puzzle where you have to connect them to do whatever, like, they'll either do it with electrical panels or water pipes or whatever. Yeah. They do that. They do like just find however many things. And literally the last puzzle in the game is a fucking slide puzzle. <laughs> yeah. The guy that we were watching the Let's Play for spent what five whole ass minutes doing a eleven panel slide puzzle. Yeah. Because that like there's so little innovation in the gameplay itself and it is so short. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, that is also where I'm sitting is a two. And again, it's because I would give it a one, but that seems too, too harsh. Like there were parts of the game that I liked, but fuck, man, you want to charge me $14 for a one hour game? Yeah. No, thanks. So, yeah, uh, I will also give it a two out of kindness, I think. All right. So that's going to put our final scores for today's game. Three points from me, three points from Shay. This is, as far as our scale is concerned, not a game that we would recommend. If you want, I genuinely feel your best bet is to watch a Let's Play. There are plenty of YouTubers that have done this. We were trying to, like, we we had this discussion prior to where, like, the types of YouTubers that do Let's Plays where they do the voice commentary and, like, the, the lower corner is them playing it like your markipliers i couldn't imagine being in their position playing this trying to make the same jokes that you normally make while playing a horror game and then having this ending be this ending (laughs) fuck that uh so if you're gonna watch a let's play i would recommend one without commentary but yeah man i think there's only one way to to get us out of this hole at the moment which is shay would you like to play a game Dan, chain me to the bottom of a vat and slowly drown me with the liquefied remains of pig carcasses. I would love to play a game. Ah, the old saw trap bit. How I did not particularly miss thee. (laughs) Resurrected for our Halloween episode. That is, of course, the pig vat trap from Saw 3. Oh, boy. A trap, by the way, that was so disgusting that the lead actor in that movie, or one of the lead actors, I should say, Angus McFadden, quit the movie 
according to the director, and had to be convinced to come back after he accidentally and unexpectedly got splashed with pig guts. Wait, were they, like, using (laughs) real fucking pig guts? I can only imagine they were. I mean, those movies are pretty fucking hardcore. I mean, uh, I fucking guess, but, like, you can't find prop guts? Okay. I don't blame him for quitting. I'd be fucking grossed out. That's, That's rough. Well, oh wait, hold on. I just found it. The pig carcasses were made out of foam, rubber, and latex. However, the pig props were filled with real, live, disinfected maggots. Uh, okay. The pig fat, by the way, according to IMDb, is the favorite in the series of Tobin Bell, who played <laughs> Jigsaw. <laughs> so, I mean, that dude's clearly twisted. <laughs> All right. So. Because we inadvertently played a game that wasn't really a horror game, I figured we'd make up for it with today's quiz. So we're going to be talking about some of the bigger horror franchises in video games. So it's going to be open-ended questions. You know me. I'm happy to give you hints where where I can. Uh, but it'll be six questions today, all dealing with big flagship horror franchises. All right? Sounds good. Your first question, and to start off with a bit of a softball, in August of 2014, a demo for a game called PT was released simultaneously with a trailer at the 2014 Gamescom event. The eventually canceled game was a viral marketing stunt for what horror game franchise? As as a as a big hint, yeah. Very recently, actually within this week that we're recording, there was a whole bunch of information about this franchise getting resurrected. Oh, uh Silent Hill. Yeah. So this yeah. was this was a playable trailer, <laughs> PT, for Silent Hills. That's, yep. yep. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. This was uh, our good friend uh, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. Is this one of the things that he's working on with Mads Mikkelsen or whatever? He's working on something that's kind of going to be the spiritual successor from what I understand. That's also yeah. what they said Death Stranding was kind of going to be as well. So I actually don't know. The way... Kojima's mind works it, it could end up being anything like literally by the time it comes out so I I couldn't give you any confident answer here but yeah, yeah. I guess so maybe uh that being said the stuff that was released for the Silent Hill franchise it it's like overwhelming how much stuff they're they were secretly working on all at once like Shit. I I was harboring a grudge against konami because of the fact that they had just like bailed on this series seemingly yeah dude three games a tv show and a movie are all currently being worked on yeah it's crazy the trailer for for the new original game it looks fucking it's so pretty yeah you know for a horror game i guess you know they tried to like outsource that like they could not figure out what to do with that so they like outsourced it to different studios and every single one of the studios that they gave it to like brought it back and they were like no that sucks and so they just stopped making the game yeah yeah a couple years ago there was an announcement like we have some information about the next project for silent hill and like everybody got real excited and then there was a trailer dropped for a pachinko machine and people got angry (laughs) all over again (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure cool move konami yeah all right well that's one point so far your next question 
What horror game released in 2014 became a near instant cultural phenomenon spawning nine mainline games, multiple spin-offs, a slew of fan games, novelizations, an upcoming film, and according to Todd McFarland, the single largest selling product bar none by a lot that he's done in 20 plus years. Is that Five Nights at Freddy's? It is indeed Five Nights at Freddy's. You would have to beat me with a stick uh, until I died to for me to come up with another video game franchise that has nine titles released in eight years. It's insane <laughs> how much this dude puts out. Like, because he writes yeah. the books, too, from what I understand. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I don't know how involved he is with the spinoffs, but I know he he almost single-handedly does the, the mainline games. Like, it's crazy what this dude's output is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's two points. Good job. Hey, thanks. Up next, Resident Evil, as we mentioned previously in the podcast, is possibly the first name that comes to mind when you think of horror video games. At least it is for me. And it is the uh, long-running series from Capcom, which first started in 1996. However, Resident Evil is only the title in certain countries, such as the United States. What is the series called in its native Japan? Oh, fuck me. I do have a hint prepared for this. Okay, hit me with it, because I'm. there's no way I'm just going to guess what it is. Yep, so in one of the games that came out in the last 10 years, they actually mm-hmm. subtitled uh, oh, the game. Is it Biohazard? Yeah, yeah, it's Biohazard. Yeah. Yep, so it's <laughs> it's just known as the Biohazard series in, in Japan. That's crazy. Yeah, which like... <laughs> I had to when I when I put this question together, I was like, it's not called Biohazard Seven Biohazard in Japan, right? And no, it's just <laughs> Biohazard Seven. It would be really funny if in Japan it's Biohazard Seven Resident Evil. Oh man, that would have been so good. Yeah. But no. <laughs> uh they they released like an eight game collection recently, like a, a collector's edition for the I guess that would be the twenty fifth anniversary last year. Yeah. And it looks awesome. We had talked about in in the collector's edition quiz a while back, like the lengths that they went to for for one of their collector's editions, where you could get <laughs> Leon Kennedy's jacket. The amount of Fucking stuff that comes with this sims. thing. Ugh, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. All right. Prolific science fiction writers Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov were the inspiration for the name of the protagonist of what? 2008 sci-fi horror title oh fuck (laughs) what were the names again arthur c clark and isaac asimov can i have a hint please i have mentioned this character by name in a previous quiz and it was about the playstation all-stars smash brothers clone oh is it um fuck the one in the the space one you're you're on the you're super close yeah what is it called fucking have it in my origin library what is it <laughs> dead space yeah it dead space? it's dead space Fuck yeah good job he his name is isaac clark like yep. full-on just mash those two names together yeah which i actually didn't know until i researched that for for this episode so like that's really cool like a, a cool little nod there all right yeah up next and this is probably the hardest question for today fatal frame is a popular oh Japanese horror franchise. <laughs> Each game is a self-contained story centered around exploring haunted locations. And one of the only through lines for this series is that each protagonist 
is only given one object to use against the ghosts. What is this object? Oh, boy. Do you have a hint for this one? I do. The title of the game basically tells you what you need to know. Is it a picture frame? It is not. Oh. I'll give you one oh, more Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it, is it a camera? It's a camera, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Good job. So <laughs> it's right. the camera obscura, which somehow damages the ghosts. <laughs> it's it doesn't make a ton of sense but like the first game takes place in like 1980s japan so like cell phones weren't really a thing or like camera phones more specifically sure. so it's like an old-timey camera that you have to like go into first person mode uh-huh. which is like fucking horrifying like i played i think the first one in this series way back in the day and it, it's got so many jump scares because like you'll be panning around the room to try to find something and then a ghost will just materialize oh, and just like there. oh yeah. dude it's it's <laughs> rough but it's it's a super cool series like they they took a lot of time and care with with it it did have a movie i don't know how good it was i'm gonna assume bad because if we know anything <laughs> about uh adaptations yeah we can leave it at that all right and our final question today is kind of more of a bonus question, just because I thought this was really cool. Again, during my my research, I, I came across something that I just really wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. So during the voice recordings for a game, Cheryl Lee, the actress who portrays Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks, showed up at the studio as part of a mistake in scheduling. This is likely because actress Cheryl Lee Ralph, who just won the Emmy earlier this year for her role in Abbott Elementary, was supposed to be recording lines of dialogue for her character in the game, Grace Holloway. Not wanting to waste the opportunity, the directors had Cheryl Lee record lines for a random splicer in what 2010 video game? I love Twin Peaks, and this this is just, the whole story tickled me, so I had to include it. Uh, do you have a hint for this one? My hint is that I can reread the question for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Just a certain line. Because it should it should be everything you need to know. Okay. Can you reread the question for me? Yep. Not wanting to waste the opportunity, the directors had Cheryl Lee record lines for a random splicer in what 2010 video game? Yeah, that should help me out, huh? Sure should. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a, another hint. So Grace Holloway, the character that Cheryl Lee Ralph was going to be recording for, is is kind of like a, a 20s-style lounge singer. So that should kind of put it in the time period they're trying to portray all right and it's a horror game in in the strictest sense yeah i would argue that the third one is the least horror of the the trilogy but the first two arguably are oh man i mean i can't think of any fucking horror games now (laughs) yeah if if you don't get it from splicer i don't know yeah, I know that as soon as you tell me what the answer is, I'm going to be fucking Yeah, you're going to yell. You're going to yell fuck. Again, like re-listening to past episodes to kind of like watch our progression. The amount of times that you have gone like, fuck, ah, fuck, is the best. <laughs> it, it tickles me every time. That, yep. Uh, I am nothing if not consistent with my use of the word fuck. All right. The one that, that she was in was... Was that the third one? It was the second one. The second one? Yeah. Okay. The second game in a franchise. Like, if you give me the franchise, I'll give it to you. But the, the whole aesthetic for it is is definitely, like, 20s. This is killing me. I don't know. Just take a random guess. 
if you work off the logic of the first two are very similar and then the third one took a weird left turn like trilogy wise this is so irritating to me that i can't think of any horror games now i i don't know you're gonna you will kick yourself i would (laughs) i would put a like a guess out there but i literally cannot think of a single horror game now that i am pressed honestly what we've put ourselves through today (laughs) i think it's understandable but the answer is bioshock 2 oh fuck yeah of course it is yep so laura palmer (sighs) voices just some random enemy somewhere in the game it's just a weird easter egg based on circumstance and i think that's super cool yeah I don't know how much of a Twin Peaks fan you are, but I that's just, I have tried so many times to get into that show, it's, and it just does not click for me. It's it's an acquired taste, to be sure. I mean, kind of all of David Lynch's stuff, really. Right. But, yeah. So that's five points for today, Shay, added to the big board. You know, I think Infinite is probably the one that I've played the most, and so, like, I don't really think of bioshock is like a horror franchise yeah because you know? it's, it's the first two absolutely are yeah two is i mean three is super not like infinite is super right. not a horror game yeah that's more of a supernatural thing yeah like there are i mean i'm still kind of confused about <laughs> aspects of that but yeah so five points that's really that's that's awesome hey i'll take it for not playing horror games yeah honestly that's super admirable considering neither one of us are all that well-versed in the genre. So, good job. I'm proud of you. Hey, thanks. That's going to just about do it for us today. As always, you can follow the show on social media at BNGPod, both Instagram and Twitter, where we post custom artwork for every episode, as well as different sales that you should be aware of called Cheap Codes. If you'd like to share the show, you can do so with our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash BNGPod. And if you want to follow us on Twitch, you can do so at twitch.tv slash bngpodcast. And if you want to send us an email for any reason, we did get one recently, but I think we're just going to have that person discuss their thoughts when we have them on as a guest again. You can do so at brokeendgamingpod at gmail.com. Hey Shay, what are we playing next time? Next time, Dan, we'll be playing a little game called Hyper Light Drifter. So make sure you tune in for that. This is going to be one of those occasions where like, I beat this game a couple months ago, so now I'm going to have to do a whole ass refresher on it for this. <laughs> right. So that yeah. is something I'm genuinely looking forward to. But yeah. until then, goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. I'm. That was so stressful. Right. I think we did the best we could have possibly done, but fuck my whole life. (laughs) This game is brutal, dude, to, like, talk about. We gotta, like, if we're gonna ever do a a Halloween episode again, just ghosts. We're only doing ghosts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll play a fucking Scooby-Doo game from the 90s. Fucking (laughs) don't tell me with a good time. (laughs) And there's your stinger.